Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself questioning, why work so hard to barely be squeezing life in? So that I wouldn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my terms from the inside out, which is what enabled me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating my way through the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder. And today we are going to go over a topic that I've long wanted to talk about, but I haven't quite known how I wanted to talk about it. And so it's taken me a little while to get to the point where I was able to do this podcast that we're doing today. And so I'm really happy to be doing this today because we are talking about something I think is incredibly important to have and to develop, yet is widely misunderstood, and that is resilience. I think for one thing, people don't completely understand what resiliency is, which is really important because we talk about it a lot. It's something I've talked about. I talk about being stress resilient and resilient in general to, you know, disappointing news and unexpected events and all of that. And so what are we talking about? We'll get into that. I want to go into some of the misconceptions of resiliency and something that I think has really been misunderstood in the last couple of years with the pandemic um, that I think is making things worse, not better. And then we're going to talk about how to build and create and be more resilient. Let's just dive right in. So there's this concept, this conversation that I hear a lot, that going through hard times makes you more resilient. Not exactly. That statement in and of itself is a misconception or even a myth. Resiliency is the ability to cope with and overcome hardship in a healthy way. So, yes, going through hardship is necessary to build resiliency. Because what resiliency is, is bouncing back, right? After something unexpected, difficult, horrible, whatever it is, has happened, your ability to bounce back is what resiliency is. Same thing with bouncing back from stress. When things are going on that are highly stressful, the ability to stop and pay attention and reverse course and lessen the stress and get rid of the stress, right? And then get to a place where you can prevent it from happening again. That's stress resiliency. And yes, you have to go through these types of things to learn how to handle them and cope in a healthy way so that you can bounce back and be resilient. But it's not automatic. It's not automatic. And yet it seems like the conversation that a lot of people go into is this assumption that it is at times, <laughs> right? I think where it goes astray the most is when we tend to talk about groups of other people. But with us, we realize, yeah, it's not automatic. It's something I must work on. Or, 
with somebody that we see and know and love and are close to because we see what they're going through. We see how hard it is. And yet when we stand back and look at it from a bigger picture, a lot of us tend to go into the assumption that, oh, you know, they'll be resilient. They're going through something, but it'll build resiliency. And I would say the best example of that is how people the last couple of years have treated kids. You know, the pandemic and the impact of the policies around the pandemic and how closing schools and masking kids, we, you know, because it was supposedly necessary, they're resilient. Kids are resilient. They'll bounce back. They'll be fine. There was this assumption that it would just happen. They're going to go through this. Yes, it's hard, but they're resilient. And I hate to bring it to you, but it's just not true. (laughs) And I think where we messed up the most, and I don't want to go into the policies because I think there's a lot of nuance there for pros and cons on both sides of every policy that was implemented. And that's not really what this podcast is about. Where I really have the bigger problem is this assumption that kids would be resilient. And then because of that assumption, we did not pay enough attention to the impact of the policies that were enacted. Because with everything that we did, there is an impact, right? And there's a potential positive, and it's the reason for the policy, but there's also a potential negative. And so when you do things like that, you have to actually think through, well, what are the potential negatives? And start addressing them and deal with them. And I think because we went through this assumption, oh, kids are resilient, that too many people ignored the potential negatives. They just assumed they'd be fine. And we're now finding out that's not the case. I particularly had an issue with the masking. I'll just be honest here. My youngest had some depression going on during the highly masked period because he's a very social creature. And we were out of school for a large portion of a semester. And then by the time we came back, they were masked for almost the entire school year. And that impacted him. And I did not, I hate to admit this, but I did not realize how much it impacted him until it was pretty late in the game. And I should have figured it out earlier. So all of us, I'm not saying every any one person is guilty. We're all guilty of this at from one time or another. And I use this not to get political, not to get, but just to like, it's something that's very recent that you, we all can relate to because we all sadly had to go through it. And so we need to understand that resilience doesn't just happen. You must have, and we're going to get into this more later, you must have the right support around you. You must have the ability, coping tools, mechanisms, so that you can get through whatever it is you're going through. That's so tough. That's so difficult to build the resilience. Another note that I kind of wanted to lay out there that I think where we're going astray when it comes to resiliency. And this really worries me as a coach who helps her clients be more resilient because it's the most unresilient thing I think we can do. People have this idea that just because somebody's feelings get hurt, it means the person hurting their feelings is automatically in the wrong or the bad. Now, sometimes that is true. (laughs) It depends, though, on what occurred, what was done 
what the circumstances are, what was said. There is no way to interact with other human beings and not hurt their feelings, number one. It's just part of life, right? You should apologize for your actions, for your words, when they the intent is there to hurt or harm, or even if the intent isn't there in the moment, but later you realize that really didn't come from a good place. But you shouldn't apologize just because their feelings are hurt, especially if nothing you did or said was wrong. The other reason, and this is where the coach in me comes out, you're never going to build a resilient person if somebody is always apologized to every time their feelings get hurt. Part of resilience is learning how to battle through that and how to feel hurt and be vulnerable and deal with it and have things happen that are unfair sometimes and difficult. And so we shouldn't go around expecting people to always apologize for everything. We're starting to create people who are incapable of learning how to be resilient. To be clear, I agree wholeheartedly in apologies when you've done or said something wrong. But I do not believe that you need to apologize just because somebody's feelings are hurt if there was never an intent. And when looking back, you're like, you know what? There was nothing wrong with what I said or did. They needed to hear this. I remember when I was a kid, I had a friend who was making some really bad decisions. She was hanging with an older guy that she really needed to not be around. (laughs) He wasn't cool. And he was convincing her to do things that she knew she, A, were wrong. And also things that she didn't really want to do, but she was kind of doing them anyway because she felt pressured. And I told her, look, you need to cut it out. I can't hang with you if you're going to be like this. And especially if you're going to hang with him because he's bad news. And we had a fight and it frankly changed our relationship forever. It sucked because this was up to that point a very good friend. And I didn't lose her forever. I We were kind of not friends for many months after that and, and did become friends again, but we're never as close as we had been as a result of this. But I will say that within a couple of weeks of that argument of me saying that, she did break up with the guy and got away from him. So <laughs> I think hopefully it helped. I don't think it was the reason, but I think it was one of many reasons that helped her to kind of look at the situation a little bit differently and make a better decision that she later admitted it was the right decision for her to get away from him. And so, you know, I was never going to apologize for that because what I did, I felt like was right. I know this might seem a little off topic. This is definitely (laughs) a little bit different uh, than a lot of the podcasts I've had. And this is one of those reasons why it's taken me a while to record this particular podcast because these things have been swirling around in my head for a while now. But as a coach who helps her clients be resilient, and as a mother also, who is trying very hard to build resilience in her boys, I feel like it's really important to to get this out there and get people thinking through this. And frankly, this is part of being happy. Having a willingness to be vulnerable, to feel all that stuff, to go there, and then learning the tools to cope with how we feel, to cope with difficulties. That's important for being happy. So I just leave you with this. 
this one final kind of thing before we move into the how-to of being resilient, okay? When we apologize for making others feel things they don't want to feel, even though we've done nothing wrong, what we're actually telling them is that they should never have to feel that way. But that's not reality, is it? That's not human. And it's hurting us as a society, and it's hurting them. It's depriving them of learning how to be resilient because you have to go through those tough times, and that includes the feelings that they're trying to avoid. They don't want to avoid. They want to avoid them, so they think, but they really don't. If they want to be happy, if they want to be resilient, if they want a good life, and so you're actually depriving them of that. I want you to think about that. And this is something that as a mom, <laughs> if you're a parent, you're going to like, oh yeah, I think this is important with our kids. So next step is how do you become more resilient? Well, it's about building it yourself. You have to build your own resilience. And here's how. Acknowledge that it, it's necessary. Acknowledge that you need to feel however you need to feel. Acknowledge it. Be real about the fact that, okay, I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. I'm not expected to be perfect. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to feel things. I'm not going to like how I feel. I am vulnerable. Show up as a human every day imperfectly. That's number one. Acknowledge that that's who you are. You got to start there. Number two, manage your mind. I talked earlier about tools. I've talked before about some of these tools, and then I also have them in a resource that I want you to download if you do not have it. It's called 5-Minute Stress Solutions, but don't let the name fool you. Yes, it will drastically reduce stress. It will prevent stress, though, as well. And the way it prevents stress is because it helps you manage your mind using gratitude, using reframing, and other techniques. And I've talked about reframing and gratitude in other episodes. So I will put links to those episodes in the show notes so that you can go listen to them. But gratitude is really simple, right? You know what gratitude is. Practice it daily. It's scientifically proven to help change your mentality. And then when it comes to resiliency especially, I think reframing is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful tools you can use. And reframing is simply looking at a situation from all angles so that you don't just see the bad You don't just see the negative, but you can see the positive in it. And the positive being, okay, what might I get out of this? What am I learning? How am I growing? Every single thing you go through, you can learn something from. That's a positive. Reframing is powerful. It's not about being positive in a false manner. It's about realistically reframing so that you don't obsess over the bad and that you allow the good to come in and you actually then focus on that more, and learn from it. So that's two. Number one, show up, acknowledge you're human, be imperfect. Number two, manage your mind. Number three, have support. Make sure you are supported. 
I have an entire episode around my number one success strategy being support, building the right support network. So I highly recommend you go back and listen to that as well. But moreover, it's not just about having a support network. Yes, you want that. Yes, you want to utilize it. But sometimes we need even added help. Sometimes we need a coach or a therapist. Like reach out to people to help you. Do not go solo. This is one of those things us lawyers do tend to do a lot. We think that, you know, we're professionals. We're high achievers. People rely on us. We're supposed to be this beacon, right, (laughs) that people look up to. And therefore, we need to do it on our own, all by ourselves and everything. And that's just not true. Nobody expects it. And it's not possible. And you shouldn't hold yourself to that standard. You're a human being. Everybody needs help at some point. So if you're in a moment where you're really feeling extra vulnerable and you feel like I'm not very resilient right now, A, make sure you know the tools to use. But B, more importantly, make sure you're getting the right help. Okay? Reach out to a therapist if you need it. Reach out to a coach. Reach out to your spouse, your best friend, a parent, a sibling, whomever you need in this moment to help you through it. There is no shame in reaching out for and getting help, okay? That's what other humans are here for. We humans are made to connect with other human beings. And I learned firsthand through one of the most vulnerable, difficult periods of my entire life back when I had cancer, that when we are most vulnerable and we open ourselves up to allowing others to help us, a much deeper connection happens, which is really magical. They kind of lift you up when you most need it, which gives you strength. And there's something that's, if you look at it the right way, okay, that can happen in that, where you no longer feel as vulnerable. You feel strengthened by them. And then you realize that you're actually giving to them by allowing others to help you because One of the reasons we're meant to connect with one another is so that we can utilize our unique gifts and strengths for one another. That brings more purpose and meaning to our lives. So when you open up and you allow others to help you, you are allowing them to utilize their gifts, their strengths for your benefit. You are bringing more purpose into their lives. You are making them happier and more fulfilled, which then makes you feel better. You just got to see it for what it actually is. All right, so that is my little spiel today. What's interesting is this was a really hard topic for me to talk about. As I said, it's been swirling around my head for probably the last 18 months, but I hope you know that you can gain something from it. I hope that it changes your, at least your viewpoint around what resiliency is, and I hope you know, if nothing else, it just got you thinking, it got you questioning, and it helps you then to A, not make the assumptions, but then also open up yourself, get help when you need it, learn how to be more resilient by building it yourself proactively, using the tools that are available to you, getting the help that's available to you, and acknowledging that you're a human being just like the rest of us. All right. Be sure that you download 5-Minute Stress Solutions if you don't have it. It really will help you, especially the reframing and the gratitude. But there are eight 
different exercises in there. Those are just two of them that will help with managing your mindset and preventing and also dealing with stress in the moment. I will have it again in the show notes so that you can grab hold of it. We will be talking next week. Bye for now. Are you tired of barely squeezing life in thinking, shouldn't there be more to life than this? Do you want to get to the next level, but without losing yourself in the process? Are you ready to start thinking and doing differently so that you can stop doing the same things over and over and over, hoping for a different result? If any of this speaks to you and you're ready to do something about it starting now, book a call with me to find out how I can help. Go to lifeandlawpodcast.com forward slash free call.